Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Yeah, fantastic. Nice uh, weather week? It is. Like, I, well, I, I didn't, I restarted my car, but my wife says, hey, there was frost on the car this morning. It's like, oh, well, I had the car running. So I didn't notice the frost, but uh, but if I had gone out, I probably would have had to scrape. So well, it's, that's it's right, because you can start now. your car from the inside. Yeah. You got yeah. one of those auto starters. I have a remote starter, yeah. It's because you're a wussy. I know. It doesn't <laughs> like to get cold. I have to go out in the morning and start my car. Well, or otherwise, you have to sit there. It's like, well, I can't drive because it's too misted up. It's fogs up on the inside and the outside. So, like, I've I, in the past, I've, like, gone half a block. It's like, pull over. It's like... I'll have to wait here for five minutes. So the remote starter is handy. I don't have to go out in my pajamas to start the car in the morning. Wow. <laughs> wow. Silk pajamas. Wow. <laughs> Silk pajamas. Joining us is John Van Berger. John, do you have anything to say? Are we actually recording right now? <laughs> you know, I, I actually do, and I was just about to break in there and say, is this Paddling Adventures Radio or, or Pajama Adventures Radio? Because... <laughs> really sure right now. <laughs> this week in fashion, Derek is sporting a pipe, slippers, and a smoking jacket. <laughs> it's the only way to be. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. But it is refreshing. It's like it was nice and chilly this morning, and and uh, so it was, it's, oh, I sleep so much easier at night, so I'm excited for this time of year. They actually turned the air conditioner off at work today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know why it was still on. <laughs> you know, all my events at work are all blocked up because, yeah. you know, it's cold in there. Yeah. I mean, you got to start wearing a, par- a parka in front of your computer. <laughs> yeah. How are things down there, John? You're still in New York State. I am still in New York State. And right now, at this very moment, things are fantastic. What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> you knew that's why I was fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, one of the cool things about this trip is I think I have a new top three brewery. Um, a top three? A, yeah, I yeah. This is this is a really good beer. It's a there's a small brewery out of just south of Albany um, called the Warbler, and I'm drinking a canopy. Double India Pale Ale, and this, oh, this is so good. Hmm. So that begs the question, what beer fell off the bottom of the list? <laughs> That's a good you question. Had, you hadn't thought you that know? far ahead, have you? <laughs> yeah, but I know, like, okay, so if you say, well, John, you know, what are your favorite? I, I can list where I would go, you know, for my beers, but but this one it would definitely be in the top three now. But, yeah, which one fell off? Is a, That is a good question. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, we're Maybe we're still uh, we're still on our German tour this week. Oh, are you? Yeah. What do we drink? Uh, Weiss beer, mm. Polliner so, Weiss beer, Polliner Weiss beer. It's a Munich mm. wheat beer. Hmm. Oh, good. A good wheat beer. Yeah. Well. It says on the label Germany's number one Weiss beer, but uh, I I think anybody is allowed to put those labels on beer cans. And if this is their number one wheat beer, I think they need to read. I would be disappointed. I, I think they need to <laughs> yeah. um, sit down and take a look at themselves yeah. and wonder what they've done with their life. <laughs> yeah. We, neither, neither of us are greatly impressed by this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can just reiterate how fantastic my beer is, not to rub it in or anything, but, you know. You know what was really good last week? Hmm. All those puppers we drank. 
<laughs> Back at Bad, you. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just walked right into that one. Oh, you walked oh. in, opened the door, said, "Come on in, boys." That's right. That's right. Oh, uh, no, I'll, I'll joke it aside. I'm. This is a, a really good beer, and, and you know, like if you're, if you, seriously, if I was in a day's drive of this, I would go over to pick some up. They had the best triple uh, IPA I've ever had. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's fun to go out and try different beers in different places. But when you find a brewery that just, you know, hits that, you know, that perfect taste for you, it's just like, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, another reason I, I kind of hate to leave here, but the morning that this episode drops, I will be back on the interstate heading for home. Well, there you go. Been a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. It has been. It's been over six weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And your wife's yeah. probably at home going, oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> Holiday's <laughs> over. <laughs> Guess I better clean up the house <laughs> after all the parties we had. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, everybody yeah. out. John's coming home. Bless <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> uh, you know what else is happening right now, being October? Halloween's coming up soon. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We're actually doing our first, uh, I wouldn't say it's a winter camping trip, but our first trip of the year with the winter camping gear, the tent, cool. and the, the canvas tent and everything is uh, Halloween at Mule Lake this coming weekend, All right. which is always the weekend before Halloween, which just doesn't figure in my brain <laughs> anywhere. So that's this weekend coming. Yeah. Yeah. So Friday. Uh, we head up north for three days. Uh, but in October, tis the season for the pumpkin paddlers and the witches mm-hmm. on stand-up paddle boards. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Popular witch paddles, they are, are happening. Uh, they get as many as they people as they can dressed up as witches on stand-up paddle boards. But a lot of them say, you know what, hey, if, you, if you can... You don't have a paddleboard and you want to jump in a kayak or canoe, join us. You know, so, uh, some of them are raising money for charities and stuff like that. You know, and it's a big, cool. uh, la- fun to get dressed up and uh, one last hurrah on the water before a lot of people end up with the boats and the paddle boards and all that go away for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pumpkin boat races, those are the people that grow those Big oh, ass pumpkins. Yeah, I forgot about that. Right. They cut the tops off, hollow them out, and make and a boat out of it, and paddle them. Yeah, John's saying, yeah. "Yep, like he's done it." <laughs> no, I, I would like to do that. <laughs> no, but there's a pumpkin out there right now, and after a few more of these double IPAs, <laughs> there's a pond out back. <laughs> That's right. I'm in farm country. I can find one by the end of the night, man. <laughs> you got that? I got that Phoenix. You know that uh, those really bright headlights. Uh, yeah, headlamps, one of the best. Right? Bright headlights. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm hopping in the car and looking for <laughs> looking for, for pumpkins. Yeah, and at three o'clock in the morning, when I get that call saying, "Can you send me bail money?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't Derek's house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the 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 pumpkin paddlers uh, races. Uh, people haul out the pumpkins. They get in. They have little races against each other and stuff like that. Usually, it's held in conjunction with like a, a fall fair sort of thing. And all those are are uh, on the go, starting right now as well. So, 
Mm-hmm. If you see any of that happening, get out there and join in if you can and have some fun before all the snows hit. Uh, two things here regarding canoes. Um, well, one's a canoe, one's a boat. So one of our listeners, Michael Nichols, had sent us this this article. Did you hear about the guy in British Columbia that took three old pianos destined for the dump and took them apart, made strips of wood out of them, and made his own canoe? That's pretty unique. It's like a cedar strip canoe, <laughs> but made really out cool. of pianos. Pianos. And so that's usually like an oak or mahogany or something, mm-hmm. right? Those are going to be heavy. That's a heavy canoe. Well, he didn't actually say, I didn't see anywhere where it said the actual weight, but he's, this guy, George Classen has been a piano tech, um, for, I guess, years by the sounds of it. And with the help of video tutorials on YouTube over the course of <laughs> 15 months, he made a boat. Uh, sorry, it does say, yeah, he's for over 40 years. He's been, he's, he's, uh, he found himself with a two month unplanned break because of COVID and he came across some cedar strip canoes listed on Facebook and ended up prompting the odyssey of discovery for Classen and his family. <laughs> so he, he destroyed a couple of pianos and well, they were going to the dump anyway, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And he says, nobody wants them. They take up a lot of room. So I just wondered if it'd be possible to use the wood and make them into strips. So, um, <laughs> there's, there's actually pictures. We'll post, we'll post pictures on our, our uh, Facebook page and stuff. Uh, That's really beautiful, actually. Yeah. Are you, it are you taking nice, a peek eh? at it? Yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to see that. He's, wow. he's actually Yeah, it is actually quite a nice-looking boat, especially when you get the different yeah. colors uh, of wood in there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's sweet. He said, uh, I was surprised when I started making strips out of these old pianos, how beautiful it was, and that kept spurring me on as well. More than 350 hours in his workshop over 15 months. Wow. And it was ready for its first voyage. He christened it the Middle C, S-E-A, <laughs> but it was a reference to the middle C note on a piano. Yeah. Right? Nice. Uh, he taught himself how to build the canoe purely through the tutorials on YouTube. Uh, apart from fiberglass shell, nearly the entire canoe is made up of old piano parts, including ivory key tops wood handles, and soundboard material. Wow. Um, wow. We said, oh, to make something useful and beautiful and artistic out of something that's been deemed trash, think that's maybe one of the intriguing pieces of this. I think being involved in the creative process gets pretty close to our fundamental DNA. And his son goes on to say, it's something that'll stick with us as a family for years and years to come. Just when you think of a canoe, a canoe's a canoe, but this one has a lot of value and lots of special meaning. We're joking that this is now the family yacht, like <laughs> it to be passed down generation to generation. But you got to think if he keeps it good quality, it probably yeah. will be. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like yeah. your. I think he said his granddaughter was on the maiden voyage with him. So you got to think. Yeah, eventually it'll it'll make its way down through the, the family. And yeah, yeah, it's a really nice looking boat. But if you got it is, time it on is your beautiful. hands. I mean, it's no pumpkin boat, but, you know. <laughs> Definitely not a pumpkin boat, but. 
and, right. But, and this but it's, is, a, it's a close second. <laughs> yes, yes. Beggars and choosers and all. Now, this is something that uh, it, it was interesting, so it hit the news. But think about this. Of all the people that kind of got locked down and stuff like that, all the new little hobbies that people learned and, and started doing, like this is uh, this is going to be a common theme we're going to start discovering over the next uh, months and years of, of, you know, somebody's new hobbies, somebody did this, somebody discovered that, somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. how many people learned how to play a musical instrument? How many people... You know, all these new things mm-hmm. that you'd learn how to do when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And hopefully they, uh, well, yeah, like you say, with the musical instruments, mm-hmm. hopefully people keep it up and don't just, oh, now that everything's sort of, we, we can get outside and wander, mm-hmm. they're just going to give it up yeah. sort of yeah. thing, right? Well, I'm hoping some of them are going to give it up. And the ones that I want them to give up are all the people that bought boats. And I want to see all <laughs> kinds of cheap canoes go on the market because I want a That's new canoe. Right. <laughs> I've been seeing That's some. Right. I've been seeing some canoes and and uh, kayaks and stuff on uh, for sale. I've seen hmm. some too, but it's like beat up old fiberglass ones, and it's like what they want six hundred for that. That's like a I won't give them a dime over five fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, there's some new ones. <laughs> People put new ones out there. Oh yeah, you see no, and and I'm just like yeah. So apparently they've tried it and didn't like it. Yeah. But you're not going to get that money back for a used. No, 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 no. A used no. one. Not right. Yeah, good luck. Right. They're going to. Yeah. The market's going to be swamped, and it's going to be a buyer's market. Yeah. yeah. Yay me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I now have 17 kayaks and canoes in my garage. <laughs> yeah, I have a fleet. <laughs> I start my own recreational company now. Uh, and going along with boats. Alan Drummond sent me another. I, I, I sort of passed past this article and never went back to read it, but Ad, uh, Alan sent it to me from PaddlingMag.com, Paddling Magazine, uh, about the moose skin boat. Have you, did you guys see that one? I hadn't. No. It's been more than 100 years since a moose skin boat has been down the Nahani River. Uh, so this actually happened back in 2018. And I think with COVID, hmm. the, well, the Australian forest fires and then COVID and all that sort of right. happening, I think it sort of got pushed to the back burner. Yeah. To bring mm-hmm. the tradition back to life, 12 Dene explorers gathered at Bunny Bar on the remote Nahani River uh, in Canada's Northwest Territories. Over several days at the campsite, a group harvested materials and sewed and sawed, creating a 36-foot traditional boat out of spruce, sinew, and several moose, seven moose hides. Wow. They built it on site, on the spot. We're going to actually post this article on our Facebook page because there's a lot of uh, Dene words in here in the actual article that I, I'm i not going to say because I will just butcher them. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, we. I've just uh, to read the full article. You guys will post it so that people can read it. So it was a 500 kilometer journey from Bunny Bar to the town of Fort Simpson, uh, made in 2018. Expedition made to revive traditional skills, inspire a new generation of youth, and honor Dene ancestors who have lived in the Mackenzie Mountain Range for tens of thousands of years. And that's one of the things we were talking about. Is Getting the new generations into yes the the traditions yeah. right we t- we'd mentioned yeah. that before to learn the old traditions yep. to learn the language mm-hmm. yeah uh, accompanying the Dene was a team of documentary filmmakers and river guides everyone was thrilled to see the moose skin boat launch and move gracefully through the water excuse me uh, Leon on the twenty foot rudder oar was happy with how it well it handled we could pretty much go wherever we wanted he said twenty foot 
rudder oar. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's I, a big, it was a big boat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 36 feet long. Yeah. Right. 36. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you Google moose skin boat, I'm going to have to do that right now. Uh, and Nahani, put Nahani. Um, you'll, it should, it should pop up. You should see a picture of it. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big boat. So after five days of paddling the moose skin boat, they made it to Virginia Falls, 96 meters, Virginia Falls, almost twice the height of Niagara Falls. So a hundred years ago, you had to portage the boat around the falls, would have taken up to a week and was accomplished by rolling the canoe along several logs on a slipway. But that area is now protected as part of a Nahani National Park Reserve. So they brought in a helicopter lifted the boat and transported it <laughs> around the falls. Well, I was kind of cheating. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Moose boat, uh, moose skin boat touched down a few kilometers later at Marengo Creek, skipping the rapids of the Nahani's fourth Canyon due to concerns of the dura- uh, durability of some of the moose hides. And the crew spent three days portaging down the old fashioned way. So could you imagine trying to do that with that boat? Wow. Well, that's uh, quite the boat, eh? That, 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 <coughs> yeah. I can, I'm seeing the 20-foot-long oar now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sticks cow. way out the back. <laughs> uh, so when the team did reach Marengo Creek, the water level had dropped dramatically, and the team found the boat high and dry on shore. As they peeled back the tarp, uh, they found out it, it was drying out, and a hide had given out, and there was a giant uh, hole. Oh. So they they couldn't be repaired there. They had to take it downriver <coughs> to Nahane Butte. And uh, they had 16 rubber sponsons that they could lash together around the boat so it could be towed to the community of Nahane Butte where the Dene could fix it. And then it was uh, slowly towed hundreds of kilometers through some of the magnificent territory, including Class 3 rapids. Incredible, through incredible <laughs> geological formations like the Gate and past canyon walls towering over a thousand meters high. This is sounding like a great river trip. I know, it's eh? just a regular mm. boat. <laughs> <laughs> so the Dene repaired the boat at Nahani Butte as best they could, and then they finished the journey paddling another three days to Fort Simpson. A uh, hundred people were on the beach to welcome them home, curious to touch the boat of the ancestors. Uh, the Dene never gave up. They nurtured the spirit of the boat so they could convey its message of hope to the Dene and the indigenous peoples across Canada and around the world. That is, that's quite the boat, though. Yeah. it's uh, And mm. to bring back a tradition after 100 years. I know, That's right? cool. Yeah. That's really that's very cool. cool. You know, that's, that's the sort of thing that needs to happen more with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, again, we yeah. will post that one up on our, our page as well so you can read the full article. Or you can just go to paddlingmag.com and uh, um, check that one out as well. Uh, check out some of the pictures. They're really, really cool. Uh, as we were saying, John, you're still down in uh, New York State. I am. You finished your your paddle through. You got a, mm-hmm. You got a certificate for that. I did. I think you marked it up, didn't you? I, yeah, I made fun of it, but, you know, that's what I did. That's, that's my job. <laughs> Would you like to share with... Uh, no, not at all. You- uh, this is a family show, buddy. Okay. Okay. Just just checking. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
No, they any were, other show, I'd know. have no problems, but we got to keep our PG rating. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I think I said what something along the lines of "Hurrah, you kicked ass," something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that was it. it. That's the ticket. You were very complimentary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who? Where'd yeah. you get? Where'd you get the uh, certificate from? So you can register with the Erie Canal with the the National Historic Corridor, and they have like promotions to do this. So, you know, they they've got it for different uh, different mile lengths. So if people go out and you know they're able to, you know, it, it it ranges from you know again keeping in mind that people walk it, bicycle it, and paddle it. You know, it ranges from as low as fifteen, then to ninety, then to one hundred and eighty, then up to three sixty. So, you know, uh, 360 is considered an end-to-ender. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, you register for it, and then you you can complete mileage on there. I didn't do all the, like, mileage requirement things uh, because I've been posting in that group, like, basically every day, you know, from start all the way to finish. So, um, you know, so it was kind of obvious that I had done it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if, no cheating here. <laughs> was there, was there a, a- Brew pub mileage certificate as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there should have been. You should, know? Yeah, and, like uh, a maximum number or minimum number of restaurants and yeah. and uh, right. pubs. Oh Jesus! <laughs> this is yeah. I've I've never done a trip like this. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, none of us um, have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be my my other certificate of completion. You know, we'll make one for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, but yeah, it's kind of cool, and, and you can get that, and and then they send you out a packet of, um, you know, with stickers with like my three sixty mile stickers and things like that. So nice. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty. And what was really funny was um, in uh, was had met with uh, somebody, uh, Pamela Benchin, who interestingly enough is the goddaughter of Eleanor Roosevelt, oh, uh, the cool, the former first lady, and uh, she was a. Uh, uh, yeah, big paddler and and uh, just kind of give me a little tour of of Troy and we were going to go have breakfast together and uh, we're, we're driving down this the this lane and we come to a stop and I look at the van in front of us and I look down and there's a Canalway Challenge ninety miles uh, sticker on the bumper I'm like that's cool you know yeah amateur um... <laughs> <laughs> so when you saw the sticker that's when you that's the first you knew about these things. When you saw that sticker? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I you registered already pre- before. Okay, you already knew about it. Yeah, I registered before I came out. Yeah. Um, you know, the the website with all of the different things that they do for this is is pretty cool. You know, and there's like, I think there's like three different websites, four different websites that you can, you know, register with like this or get the information, you know, uh, Mariner's reports. So it's, it is kind of, it's one of the better documented trips that you can take these days. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So that was kind of fun. Did you? Did, I, I hope you passed that van and leaned out the window, waving your three sixty <laughs> sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I was a little old lady, and she flipped me off. Yeah. So <laughs> I felt felt kind of bad about it then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you you got you got back you got your car yeah we saw your you sent me a picture of your your car oh god it looked yeah. like car barfed yeah there was yeah. clothes Every... there was gear oh. hanging off of everything 
His doors yeah. were open with gear strewn yeah. all over, drying, <laughs> repacking, and yeah, right. it looked like his car exploded or something. <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm getting everything uh, together. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll start heading back home in a few days here. And um, but in the meantime, I have been hitting some of the historic sites, um, the occasional brewery, uh, <laughs> the Warbler. Oh yeah, for example. For example, the Warbler. And, yeah, um, yeah. And by the way, I'm looking at this, and I'm almost out of beer, so we may need to take a break before the show continues. <laughs> well, I will say that when you were talking earlier before the show. Uh, when you said you were drinking this double IPA, knowing that yeah. you're a big Green Bay Packers fan, I'm picturing <laughs> you in a yellow um, construction hat with the Green Bay yeah. Packer logo and an IPA on each side <laughs> with stri- like these <laughs> tubes that go straws. down. Yeah. yeah, that's your double yeah. IPA hat. That's what <laughs> I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, this. Uh, oh man, I'm. I'm going to be sad to leave this state, i got to say. So what are some of the uh, things you've been hitting since you finished last week, some of the historical spots, and you've done some paddling? Yeah. So, you know, like I've hit a number of them, the things that you could see from along the water, but, you know, couldn't necessarily get out to, or, or sometimes it just didn't have the time, right, because you're trying to make a certain mileage per day. Right. And um, the there's a couple of really cool ones. There's a... The, there's an old church in, in Herkimer, and uh, the old I think it's called the the old Fort Herkimer Church, and it's just this beautiful old church and you know really old uh, graveyard around it. And I went there, and it was during the day when it was rainy and gray, cloudy skies, and you're kind of like looking at it, going, "Yeah, you want to think about your own mortality? This is a pretty damn good place to do that right now." <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was just kind of it wasn't you know, eerie or spooky or anything, but it's just kind of a very moody place. But the, you look at these buildings and you look what they, you know, what, what they did at the time and, and they're just stunning. And uh, so I went to a number of different historic sites, Fort Stanwix um, in Rome, uh, you know, from the Revolutionary War era. And uh, my favorite place though was, I, I like we had talked last time, I want to go paddle a section of the old canal. Right. And, uh, the Erie Canal people uh, on, on one of these websites, in fact, uh, had suggested going to Chittenango Landing Canal Boat Museum, and it's near Syracuse. And I thought, oh, okay, it's you know, it's probably a small building, a few displays, and then I'll just put in at their dock and go paddling. And it turns out it is like this multi-building facility on the grounds of an old, uh, like a three-bay dry dock. Okay. And so they oh. had all of these these excellent displays on the canal. It sits right on on the old canal. Right. Um, they've got displays on life, you know, on the specific property at that time, uh, on the you know the uniqueness of canal life, if you will. And then a large cutaway canal boat, so you can actually see what these boats look like, you know, that were moving up and down the canal. Right. It it was awesome. Um, they, it turns out they bring in groups of school children, you know, and a, a former teacher. I could see this being like a really great experience for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought of Derek, though, I have to tell uh-oh. you. <laughs> now, what do you mean, uh-oh? <laughs> Was there a saw <laughs> there? It can't be good. <laughs> there, in fact, there may have been a sawmill building <laughs> there. <laughs> 
And there was a life-size photograph of a man, like, running some wood through the saw. With a hook hand. Well, the reason I thought about Derek immediately was that at some point the display got banged up, and they had taped the hand, like, up. And I thought, (laughs) that's we could just get Derek down here and do like a living history. Did you get a picture of it? <laughs> it's one of Derek's ancestors. Did That's you, right. Did you get a picture? Of it? You must have got a picture of that. Oh, oh you bet I did. Great <laughs> <laughs> uh, grandpa uh, lefty. <laughs> that's right. Uh, now you know COVID. the The main building was closed due to COVID, but the there's a historian genealogist there, and she came out to let me know kind of you know what the grounds were like, and and told me to get, you know give her a shout if I had any questions. Uh, her name was Pamela Vittorio, and it was really interesting to talk with her because you know not only does she know this you know inside and out and and the era and everything else, but you know, we were chatting and she said, you know, we tend to think about the canal as moving goods, but the canal also helped move ideas. You know, you think about the time frame, right? And and what's going on in, in North America, for example, and, and how much that canal changed things. And it was just like, you know, I, I hadn't thought about it in kind of in that respect. Yeah, it would mm-hmm. connect and so that peoples was, and communities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then those, you know, the ideas that this community brings to that one and you know, it's 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 actually um, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, was walking around the grounds. I went through the store and the sawmill and and uh, you know the the dry dock area. And and she pointed out that outside of the store, there's a little bit of water. And it's like looks like kind of a shallow pond. And there is the foundation of a ship underneath there. <laughs> and uh, they think they've narrowed it down to one of two ships that were registered to this one individual and uh you know it's just that kind of stuff where you know they're walking around they have the foundation of a building they're not 100 percent sure what it was but they're piecing together you know like uh genealogy records tax rolls uh, you know just all of these different sources to kind of put together an idea of what life was like on the canal at that time it's 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 a it's a really cool stop and i was i was really glad i got there before I even got on the water, you know, because it was it was not what I was expecting. It was it was you know it was awesome. So there's an, like a whole ship or just a hull, and it's underground. Uh, the whole ship is is underwater and under shallow water there. Oh, okay. So you kind of you can you can look out. So you go through the store and they have all these exhibits and displays and what was the old you know like the store along the the canal and they would have people they would have you know, things that they would put poles on, they could hand out to people as they're going by if they wanted milk or something. And, you know, kids are changing stuff back and forth. And um, But just outside of this store now, um, before you hit the canal, there's kind of this long pond, long, narrow pond, and there's the the hull of this boat at the bottom of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Huh. So, and and... You know, I, I was asking her, because I was looking at it and going like, Ooh, I might have a hard time getting, you know, hopping in the water around here. She said, oh, no, go you go down here, turn left, blah, 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 you know, gave me the directions. And I go down there, and this is something else that was actually pretty cool, was, you know, there were access issues on the old canal, right? Um, or on the canal, but 
the the current canal when I was out there. But this one, it was like I think it was maybe the American Legion or the Rotary uh, had put in this access. It was like a local uh, canoe put in that okay. the people here had made, and so it was like that's great, you know. So they the, the community is encouraging it. So got there, hopped on the water, and it was it was perfect, man. It, you know, after the the busy sections of the canal and you know the river that you know the that connect with that. Um, this was, it was quiet. It was serene. It was this narrow channel that was built. This section was built in the 1850s, long sections of rock walls. Um, water was just full of, of, you know, fallen leaves and you're just kind of paddling through it and it's quiet. And, uh, you know, there's turtles up on the logs kind of catching those last rays, you know, before the winter and these large catfish in the water, and it was so relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even stress that enough. And, and it really made you think, and it, you know, in quiet. So you're out there paddling and thinking about how quiet that would have been, you know, when the mules are towing, you know, t- towing those canal boats along. Before was, all the was, uh, big machinery kicked yeah. in, before all the cars were hitting the roads. and Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're... It was it was also nice. I didn't have to look over my shoulder once to see if there was, you know, a yacht coming up on me or <laughs> you know, or bass boats flying by, anything like that. It was it was calm and peaceful and I went out for two or three hours and just paddled. It was it was it was kinda like the perfect end to a paddling trip. Yeah. You know? Wild. Yeah. It was great. It was actually great. Uh, so was that all the historic, cause I know you were talking about a couple of the museums and stuff like that you wanted to hit. Yeah. And I, and I'll hit a few more, um, tomorrow I'm going to hit, I want to hit a couple of the small towns just North of, uh, where my friends live here that I couldn't get out at. And, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of that. Unfortunately, when I, I went over to Maine to interview an Appalachian trail hiker over there mm-hmm. who I had interviewed for my podcast, uh, earlier this year so i ran up there uh interviewed her uh spent a day with uh a couple days actually with her and her friends turned around came back down here um accidentally hit a brewery um (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know uh everything closes out here like on sundays mondays like everything is closed right so you know, I was I hit it kind of at a bad time for some of the museums. You know, I had wanted to go to like the Frederick Douglass House up in Rochester, and that was closed. Uh, all of the the women's rights national uh, uh, history sites in Seneca Falls are closed. The Harriet Tubman House is closed due to COVID. You know, so there's a lot of things right now between uh, you know reduced hours and COVID that you just can't get into. So right. Uh, you know, and that was one thing that was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, um, you know, you, you see what you can and, and, uh, and go at from least there. with your, with your car, you've got a better option of zipping from place yes. to place and, and checking out all right. these different things along the canal that you weren't able to get out at. Yeah. And so that's, that's been, you know, what I've been doing the next, the last couple of days and, and yeah, it's, it's been really good. It's been, it's been a really kind of nice, end to the trip you gonna get uh, any more water time um i don't know if i if i do it would be tomorrow 
but I think I'm going to try to hit it just a few more of the towns, just mm-hmm. again because I wasn't able to. So, and, and and part of me, honestly, that paddle down the old Erie Canal. It's it's part of uh, the old Erie Canal State Historic Park, and they've got a 36 mile section of the canal. Uh, this this area from 1850s, where they've um, they kind of restored this. They've they put in uh, like a, they they did pave the towpath for for uh, joggers and you know bicyclists and such. Right. Um, but it was so nice. I kind of want to leave that my last my last actual paddling experience. Sounds fair. I mean. It was. It really was. It's hard to, you know, you're just gliding down through the water, and and you know, it's that. If you think about, it, you go out to a quiet lake almost, right? And you're you're paddling that, and that, you know, that. Ah, man, I, I, it was just. It was perfect, man. It's a perfect. It's day. hard to say. Yeah, yeah. It really was. It was cool seeing the site. It, it was a great site, and and so much more than I expected. And then got on the water, and it was just like. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. Awesome. And yeah. now it ends. <laughs> it, now and it now ends. it ends. That's right. There's the door to, to New York life. State. Use yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wisconsin's That's right. that way. Head west, young man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know, I do have a, a kind of a cool paddling thing that's going to happen on the way home, though. Really? Do say. I do. Tell. It's not I in Canada, do. is it? <laughs> I wish. I so wish. <laughs> but that would require like a two or three hundred dollar uh, COVID test. You know, unlike that five dollar one that I took, you know, that I have in my car with me. But uh, <laughs> don't even get me started on our border policies again. Um, no, I'm I'm going to stop off in and you're going to love the name of this Portage, Ohio. Portage, Ohio. Portage, Ohio. Portage, Ohio. <laughs> Um, and there's a gentleman there who had posted in a Facebook uh, canoe builders group. His name is Chris Stridel, and he said, I've got a canoe form that I, I bought at an auction that I had hoped to, you know, to work on, and I just don't have time to do that. So it's, you know, free to a good home kind of thing. And uh, I was like, Oh, really? So I wrote him, told him that I was interested in you know building a canoe. I promised him that I was in no way associated with you guys. That I had no idea. <laughs> so that's why it's costing you fifty bucks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, nice guy. He agreed to to give it to me. He does not live far off my route home, so you know, there's a bonus there too. So I brought out my my small canoe kayak trailer and then i'm going to stop there on thursday afternoon load that up and then uh, bring it back to wisconsin so yeah so i'm pretty excited about that that's pretty cool what kind of boat uh don't know um a there were just a couple one? of pictures of it a yeah flo- <laughs> a floating one <laughs> it, anybody it got a any... lot like a large pumpkin um <laughs> With but, canoe uh, keys no. on it, <laughs> or piano <Yeah>. keys on it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'll, I, you know, I, I saw a couple of pictures of it, but it's, uh, you know, I'll be able to make a skin-on-frame canoe with it. So oh, I'll, cool. I'll get it home and sh- check it out and look at it a little bit more detail. And but you know that saves a pretty significant amount of time, right? Because you know building mm-hmm. that frame takes a while. So yes, yes it yeah. does. 
Awesome. So I'm, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. We're excited for you. Does Jen well, know you. you're bringing this home? <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does. She does now because she's yeah. listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's <right. laughs> Surprise! But, that's right. Well, that and you know. A, uh, you know, a very full trunk of, of New York beer, but you know, beyond that, um, yeah. <laughs> I bought you something. It's a canoe that. form. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and if you don't like that, I have some really good beers from New York for you. <laughs> yes, yes. No, uh, that, that yeah, double IPA you won't like beer. that. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one you really won't like. I yeah. should probably just keep that. Yeah, I'll keep that yeah. separate. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? It's been what? What do you say? Six weeks? Six weeks. Yep. Yeah. It's been a good six weeks uh, by the sounds of it. It yes. has been. It, it really has been. It's, it's been, uh, lots of good people and, you know, I'm, I'm having that experience and, and what would be my last, you know, you had the, when we talked last time, you know, I finished up the actual book, the current working canal mm-hmm. and, you know, you go through that, that last flight of locks and you just, You've just got this, it's a bittersweet thing, but you have this, your adrenaline's going just because it's so cool, you yeah. know, and, and you're done with it. You know, you hit the Hudson River and you're done with your trip and it's like, yeah, this is all right. And, you know, came back here, you know, my car exploded, as you said, <laughs> cleaned everything up. And then the next day to be able to go out and, and, you know, paddle that and have the whole thing to yourself too. That was the other thing. Yeah. Just to go out and uh, calm paddle. It was, it was perfect. It's been great. It was a really nice end to the trip. Awesome. Awesome. You're going to have to let us know how your uh, canoe uh, turns out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good project. I assume you'll be posting photos. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you, Derek. I assume you'll be posting photos. Yes. Yeah. The build. And uh, I was. Yes. And uh, once I get all the beer uh, drank that I've brought home with me, (laughs) then I'll start thinking about building that. Oh, you still got time to winter hasn't started yet. That's right. That's right. And you know, it's it's gonna be a busy winter. I am uh, you know, start working on the book project with the Erie Canal. And uh I would like to I'm not sure if I'll get the the canoe this winter or next winter, but it's definitely a winter project for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here, and you're going to stick around because uh, you'll be able to have some input in uh, our our next topic here. So stick with us, and we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. 
So, Derek, you had this uh, little topic that you wanted to talk up about uh, magazines. Well, yeah, well, I think we have, we, I'm sure we brushed across this or touched on it probably about a half dozen times over the last five years or so. And uh, and it's just, it's as uh, as paper journalism starts to migrate more and more to online journalism, I think this problem propagates, and it's really where where print media is kind of is is going the way of the dodo bird, right? It's and I think for the most part, there's we're always going to have some form of newspapers and magazines around, and uh, really what came up, what brought this to mind is uh, so I, I subscribe to Adventure Journal, and I get the paper copy. It's a fantastic magazine. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a it's like a coffee table book. It's like a month. It's a quarterly it's a quarterly issue yeah and uh, it's on the coffee table it's like it's it's a fantastic uh it's it's a good read it's good photography it's like it's done really well but it's it's you know it's one of the few paper magazines that i still get right and uh so they had they had uh, called out to their 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 digital presence is free and so they're saying that uh they have about 5500 paper subscribers that pays for everything but they have about 600,000 people that go online and read their articles monthly Mm -hmm. and so they're saying well if if just a few more of them like the the problem is is with with print media if you're just going online and reading it for free you're not really covering the bills it's kind of hard to keep the lights on when uh, when people are like hey this is free I'm going to use the free one right so it's right. it's one of those things. It's like over the last while, like there's too many magazines that are being gobbled up by these numbered companies and and uh, corporations or whatever. And it's the same thing with uh, like newspaper, newsprint. Like I was reading something the other day, the Chicago, Chicago Tribune. They built this beautiful building in nineteen between twenty three and twenty five, and uh, so this is fantastic Art Deco type style building. And just within the last two years, they came on hard times. They sold the the business to a uh, to a uh, a corporation that buys up old newspapers, and and so all these journalists were you know sent walking. And now it's like they're in this warehouse type setting, and there's you know a dozen people that are trying to keep this uh, this uh, the Chicago Tribune running. And it's really hard when people buy it out and purposely sabotage it to to uh, make it more the most profitable for the least amount of effort and work and lowest wages right, right? Mm-hmm. and so it just right. it's one of those things it's uh i think people need to really be aware that if your favorite magazine whether it's uh, outdoor magazine or adventure journal or whatever you prefer paddling magazine canoe kayak if you want those to survive you have to like a lot of these magazines are going through paywalls now and everybody goes, oh, I can't believe I have to go through a paywall to see that article. It's like, well, you know, if if you want them to exist in the next five years, it's one of those things. You either have to go through the paywall or you have to start keep buying the print magazine and subscription or all these things that we enjoy are going to go the way of the dodo. And, and uh, it's it comes down to as well, it's the quality of the journalism. It's... Uh, it's uh, 
you want the quality journalists writing the quality articles and with uh, you know years of experience and and knowledge and and how in your reviews and and how things happen and and it, if you want those experts there you're going to have to pay to keep them on staff right mm-hmm. you right. know like i used to get a number of photo magazine subscriptions yeah and that's exactly what I found is that the quality of some of these magazines was just going downhill to the point where you would get an issue and there'd be like one article that would actually interest you mm-hmm. and the number of advertisements yeah. just skyrocketed, you know, and it's like, okay, article not interested, article not interested, Advertising, 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 advertising. Oh, another article. Oh, that one's okay. Mm-hmm. Advertising, 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 advertising. And all you're doing is your your money's going to a book full of advertising. Yeah. And so it's like it comes to a point where, you know what? I'm just not. This is like. I'm getting more out of it. There's 60% ads. and Yeah. By going to their freebie, lo- their freebie yeah. ones, right? I know. But Cosmo is like that, right? You know, <laughs> 10 ways to forget your man and then all these ads about perfume and it's so frustrating. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> throw in some shoe ads, why don't you? So the other thing, uh, the other side of the coin of this is it's like music. I mean, you look behind us here. Look at all the CDs. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I'm one of those people that I want that album in my hand. I want the physical copy. I want the physical copy yep. Yep. in my hand. That later on, mm-hmm. I can then go get and I can, you know, nowadays everything's Spotify or... It's all digital. You know, and, and I mean, streaming. us being a podcast. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're online streaming. Is that a gunpoint in your book there, buddy? <laughs> so when you, when you get done with this episode, you're going to burn it on like 30,000 CDs and start mailing them out to people, right? No, we do it every week. We're putting on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, the vinyl press heated up, buddy. This is going out tonight. But no, I mean, when it comes to that sort of thing, and the magazines, I like, because I used to actually, uh, I used to have a ton of binders over there where I would cut out articles, mm-hmm. punch holes them. in them and save yeah. that article. So I'm not having to save the whole magazine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because it's already printed. You get everything you want of it. Why will they then go download the digital, print it out? So there's another wasted piece of paper. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's also the other third flip of the coin, if you will, hard copy magazines, waste of paper. Mm-hmm. So it's I I I'm getting to the point where, as long as it's good quality articles, yeah, I don't mind paying for either a paper copy or um, something that's behind a paywall. Yeah, if it's mm-hmm. good quality, correct, right, and yeah. that is what you're saying is now the quality is just going down the crapper. The quality is starting to be reduced, and it's it's cost cutting right are you gonna are you gonna pay these high value journalists or are you gonna try and get some college kid in to uh pump out some fluff right just to mm-hmm. you you fill up your your article bin and fill up your advertising bin and and then you can pump out that uh, magazine at the lowest cost as possible and maximize profits and and where it comes down to is uh these giant corporations who they may own 30 magazines they're not so worried about the quality maybe that's being put out there it's all about mass production and uh, so you don't have these mom and pop uh, 
these mom and pop things that you know they care about what the magazine produces and they're minimizing the amount of advertising and i don't think adventure journal has any advertisements in it at all like there's a couple hmm. industry stuff like they'll there'll be like backpacks and and uh and articles like that but they kind of they're kind of joined in with review and so on but it's minimal it's mm-hmm. very minimal so it, it's one of those things like there's i do have a few print copies i you know it's uh Outside Magazine and uh, and Adventure Journal and uh, Paddling Mag. Yeah, so I've got a few. and I Ironing Board Monthly. <laughs> Ironing Board Monthly. Cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, you used to work for uh, and write for a motorcycle magazine. Yeah, I used to work for American Motorcyclist Magazine. I was an associate editor for them for you know, five years or so. What do you think the direction is uh, is heading here? Well, let me, I'm formulating my opinion right now, okay? Okay. <laughs> oh! Mm. I'm sorry, what was the question again? I just, <laughs> uh, sorry, I just couldn't resist that one. Um, you know, it's, it is, it's worrisome, I think, uh, because you, you know, like you said, there, there's so many different sort of flips of that coin. I think, you are losing, you really are losing good journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's, it's no longer viewed because of the move to digital. I think it's frequently viewed as content creation versus, uh, you know, reporting and journalism yeah. and, and a real article. Um, so you, you have that flip. Um, and that's why you have the 10 reasons to paddle the Okeechobee River versus, you know, somebody's versus a, you know, a, a story about uh, paddling it with a narrative, but then talking about the the environmental issues or something that, you know, might tie in with that article where you get a really thoughtful, well-written piece. Yeah. And I think those, I think those are going away. I think that's part of that trend you're seeing. Um, I think it is, it is worrisome, you know, the, the, uh, you know, you know, like you say, one company that has 30 different magazines and, you know, they're, they're selling ads based on, okay, well, you buy an ad in this one, you also get placement in these two other ones, right? It's not really, yeah. you know, you, you start losing that, you know, that specific focus of a, you know, of a, I mean, the great thing about magazines, right, is that, I guess at least what they used to be is that it was, they were all these sort of niche magazines, mm-hmm. And so you would, you know, you could go out and, and how many paddling magazines were there, you know, say 10, well, let's say 15 to 20 years ago, right? There are a lot more magazines. Oh, yeah. Um, Tons. So, you know, we're losing that with the transition. I like the availability, like you say, of, of having to be able to read it on my phone, for example. I, I, right. I do like that. And I'll pay for that. And, I, and I've subscribed to a couple of newspapers. Um, so I can do that. But... Yeah, it's I man, it it's concerning, and you know the um, the letters and stuff that came out with this were were also kind of an indication of you know that there's there's the thing when you ask people for money because you're in trouble or because you are facing a situation, it's very it, you have to be very careful of how you put that, and I think Derek, that's probably where you're going to go next with this, right? The Steve Casimiro letter. Yes. 
Yeah. So if you want to read some of the, so Steve Casimiro's one of the main guys from uh, Adventure Journal, and he put out a letter to uh, the readers. Uh, I don't know if you want to read the whole thing, but maybe just go through some of the points that he's. Sure, and so and his letter is really what got me onto this topic, because uh, it, I, it was my uh, subscription. I have the online free one that I get emailed out to me, but I've also got the print one. So I got emailed, and they're saying, "Hey, this is this is the current state. What's the current state of Adventure Journal?" Right. So mm-hmm. uh, he goes on to write here. I'm going to be blunt. As you know, these are challenging times for the media. If we don't get significantly more subscribers to Adventure Journal in print, something major is going to change. We will put up a paywall shut down in print or sell Adventure Journal. And given the vast majority of outdoor magazines are already owned by a monoculture company whose content is behind a paywall, I don't think any of us want that. So he's he started this out with a very strong voice, and so he's, he's sort of shaking the cage to say, hey, this is where we could go. But then he kind of softens it towards the end, but still, it's, it's a very serious letter. He says, uh, from the beginning, we've taken countless actions to put you, the and the editorial quality and the environment first at the cost of lower revenues for us. We do this because we we respect you and because we think businesses should be ethical and customer-centric. In return, we ask just one thing. Buy yourself a subscription to print. You've already given us the most precious resource, your time, so obviously you care about Adventure adventure and Adventure Journal. Every month, 350,000 individuals read between 500,000 and 600,000 pages on our site, and yet just 6,000 or so people do subscribe, carrying the load for everyone. They're strong and extremely generous, and it doesn't seem fair to them. He goes on to describe it, but it, it's I think the point's made there that... Uh, Oh, so uh, I, earlier I was talking about 6,000 or whatever and 600,000, but it was 350 individuals reading five to 600,000 pages. So that's a lot of people that are taking advantage of the, the free online version of Adventure Journal, which mm-hmm. they want to maintain. And, uh, and it's just a few people that are carrying that financial load through print subscriptions. So it's... Uh, I don't know if you want me to read any more from this, but uh, he does go on and he, he he doesn't want to raise the prices or charge for the website. He doesn't want to shut anything down or go to or uh, the quarterly or sell Adventure Adventure Journal to the other magazine. But they he's he the whole thing is coming out saying, uh, listen, we we need more subscribers if you want us to survive in our current format. If we don't get more subscribers, then then things might change. But they don't want to sell. They don't want to put up a paywall. And so they're just saying, hey, if you do appreciate the quality journalism that we put out, then maybe it's time to step up to the plate and buy a subscription to the print adventure journal, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying they need about another two to 4,000 mm-hmm. subscribers. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. seems like a big number, but... But it's not really that big when you're no. talking North America or like worldwide. Worldwide, like, uh, like uh, it's this is based in the U.S. I'm in Canada. There's a lot of people in Canada that uh, do subscribe, and and uh, there's a lot of Americans that do subscribe. But when you think about like you know, three hundred and thirty, three hundred fifty million Americans. There's uh, thirty-seven million Canadians, and all the people who enjoy the outdoors. It's uh, it's uh, you'd think that more people would be subscribing to Adventure Journal. I can only assume that 
like for one, a lot of people like the free online version, mm-hmm. but for two, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that probably have no clue that Adventure Journal's out there. People will take free over paying any day of the week. Correct. And I'm trying not to do that. And that's why I went to the print version. It's like I don't mind spending a few dollars a year and, and, and having the print version. And it's fantastic. The book really is a fantastic magazine. I do enjoy reading it and I do, I do like the pictures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I I pictures, I pictures. So, <laughs> so he, he he sent that out, but then he made an addendum. Yes, so to that. he edited his article. Yes, yeah, and he added a part out because, as John, you were saying, you got to be careful when it sounds like you're begging for money. Correct, because he says, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Send us money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and and you know there is a. We talked about it in the past uh, where I was part of couchsurfing.org, that website. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, and that's the one when I went down to Austin and did the paddling in Texas. That's how I met Carolyn Peterson, the, you know, the world-class canoeist. And then you went and banging through the bush there in your kayak. Yeah, that's right. Through the, yeah, <laughs> through that forest. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and that wouldn't have happened without, without that, right? I wouldn't have had that connection. So I really love the site. And I got an email and they said, COVID has really hurt us. We need you to uh, give us $12 today so we can survive. If you don't, uh, you won't be able to use the website and we probably won't make it. And it was kind of like, well, wait a minute. If you're sending that out, if it's that dire, why should I give you $12? Because it sounds like you're not going to make it. Right. You know, and, uh, and it sounds like when he sent out that first letter, with that strong opening, you know, paragraph, uh, I think probably a lot of people looked at that and said, oh, well, they're going under. Uh, why do I want to give them money? Right. So then the second letter, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Sean's going to read the second part. Oh, am I? Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so he did an update, and he says, hi, we've gotten quite a few emails and notes in response to the post. First, to those of you con- uh, concerned, Adventure Journal is not going away today, tomorrow, or next year, <laughs> which that's that sort of gets over your $12, give it to us now sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. We're trying to move up from okay, fine, to good, solid. And the reason is that we want the resources uh, there to be sustainable workload for everyone involved. They want to give their, their people more hours uh, so that they have better a better product to pass out. Uh, Second, I don't see us shutting down print, not unless things were dire and they aren't. But if we did find ourselves in that situation where we would print the remaining issues that we've promised to deliver, and if that was impossible, we would refund your money, but it's not going to come to that. I have faith. And third, we are not going to create a digital edition of the quarterly. We have considered this many times from many angles and it doesn't fit our vision for the magazine or how you experience it. And see, that's the thing I'm thinking is they would probably make more on a digital pay because that's how everybody does everything now. Yeah, it's digital. And if so, instead of paying or, or, the $100 a year or whatever for the print edition, if you're paying like, you know, uh, uh, like... $25 a year and then they have like, you know, 
15, 20, 30,000 subscribers. It's, it's uh, less money, but more people. So it's more overall. So right. that, that's one way that you could say, well, you know, maybe we'll get more subscribers if we have a print edition. But th- they want to stand by their quality. They mm-hmm. want a paper product. They want to put out a magazine. Yeah. So yeah. He, 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 sorry, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say it, it's too bad they don't have the option or the combination, you know, subscription where, okay, you can still get that. Like you say, it's like a coffee table book almost, mm-hmm. but also have that, have the ability to look at that on your device because, you know, yeah, I, I, that. Well, you can, I, 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 the whole edition is available for free online. The whole thing? Yes. I didn't think everything. I didn't think everything was with it. I thought that they only had a certain number of articles from the entire print. I'm, well, uh, I'd have to confirm, but I'm pretty sure that the the magazine is uh, equally available on okay. print and online, and and, okay. so, and that's okay. why they're asking. Like they have 350 thousand people that show up every quarter to read their magazine, but you know there was only six thousand people paying for the the their subscriptions, right, for the paper copy. Mm-hmm. Which no, they pays need for to it all. stop that then. Well, but see, he want, doesn't want to limit digital access. He doesn't want to put up a paywall. He want, doesn't want to be one of those magazines that does that because mm-hmm. a lot of people, he's going to have to. They're going to have he's to. He's going to have to do something. They, they, you, yes, because yeah. it's, you, if, if you have 350,000 people that are taking it away for right. free, then, you know, that's your main, in the end, you're hurting yourself. But he's, he, they're yeah. trying to stay. A, a certain format, a certain quality, and, and a, a specific type of product. And, and I think he's a little bit too resistant. And I think he – it's one of those things, maybe there could be a portion of it online for free and, and certain articles are paid articles, but then that's what pisses people off. That's what, you know, is every – I don't. I can't think of how many times I've clicked on a news article and you read the first paragraph and then there's a thing. If you want to see the rest of this article, you join mm-hmm. up to, you know – I think Newsweek or Newsday or something does that. So I subscribe to uh, Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, and both of them have paywalls, so I pay it. It's like, I don't know, like 2 bucks a month or something like that, right? And yeah. uh, so it's it's fairly cheap. It's uh, and I it, they have good articles, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's good news. So I'm willing to pay, you know. So it's one of those things. It's the paywalls are there, and they they kind of tick you off. And there's you know you can't have like three thousand you know subscriptions to all these different newspapers. So you limit what you're going to read. Well, they have gotten about 155 new subscribers. Yes, so since they, are, they started this. So. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's it's uh, I think. The digital paywall is the way the majority of magazines it's gonna have to go are going to have to go that yeah. way. Yeah, that's how yeah. it's not necessarily how they want Adventure Journal to go, but mm-hmm. you know, if you want to keep up, and that's my thing is I'm not going to pay for crap articles. Exactly, right. and that's right. why you need quality journalism, and and that's why people need to subscribe. and And so we're not we're we've picked Adventure Journal specifically because we saw this article. That's why we're discussing it today. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, there's uh, you know a multitude of magazines out there. Whether you're into stand up paddle boards or kayaking or canoeing, you know, the the, uh, the Scott and McGregor uh, ream of like what five or six magazines that he puts out and that all end up as one sort of yeah thing. so that he has combined a few of them there's canoeing and family canoeing that he's combined into one i believe they used to be canoe roots and yeah canoe roots and that, then yeah. canoeing and yeah, yeah. so the, he's yeah. He, they are forced to combine certain ones because it's hard to put out that much 
material on a on a routine basis. Mm-hmm. But it really what it comes down to is uh, people are going to have to kind of say, "Listen, I, I want quality journalism, and I'm willing to pay for it." So pay for your subscription and, and keep the uh, the quality journalists on staff to uh, continue to enjoy reading what you read. doesn't matter what it yeah. is, whether it's newspaper, uh, online magazines, or print magazines, or whatever. Pay the subscription to keep what you like around. The only digital yeah. thing that you should really be going after is, like, podcasts. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Circle that back. Circle <laughs> yeah, back around here. <laughs> I, I could agree more with you. <laughs> <laughs> Home run. <laughs> Hit that one out of the park, baby. <laughs> uh, hey, Sean. Yeah. Uh, did you notice when he mentioned the, the publications that he subscribes to that neither one of those are Canadian? Well, CBC is currently free. CTV is free. All the, all the Canadian productions, like CBC yeah. is, is government-funded, CTV is local, and it's local advertising, and it's a news thing. So a lot of the Canadian ones are still free. It's just like our health care, well, John. Everything's free up here. <laughs> yeah, but, but I noticed that you use television and, and radio in response, but nothing about, you know, like the Independent or... Correct. Garden so, or? like the Toronto Star... <laughs> I don't yes. subscribe to because, and there is a paywall, so I don't read Toronto Star articles. What about Toronto Sun? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 like the the Globe and Mint or the, what, what, the National Enquirer of the. That's Toronto like paper. the National Enquirer, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, so I'm not. I don't read that. I'm just they giving you crap, things. Derek. <laughs> I read the comic just, section, but yes. you, but you're right, John. So uh, and and so what I found is that, or what I find is that. Uh, when you have the large population base who pays for these large yeah. format newspapers like nope, the Washington I Post or, or the New York yep. uh, you know, Wall Street Journal and stuff like that, so it's uh, those have a lot of monetary backing, so they have very high quality journalists that work there, and so the quality is there. So I'm willing to pay and get through the paywall, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't have time to read newspapers. You may. Well, time. you're too important. You got to make I mean, time to read, time Sean. To sh- <laughs> Sean, you got to make the time to read. I actually read books. <laughs> I I don't I don't look at a newspaper where I can listen to that in the radio while I'm driving. I'm not going to my next book. I'm not going to find out what's going, what the latest things going on with Britney Spears by reading books. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's good you got your priorities, man. I respect right, that. Buddy. Yeah, you got to respect the man who's. <laughs> Yep, what? absolutely. Looking out for his latest celeb. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, guys! Uh, so, John, you're uh, you're heading back to, uh, I guess this is Thursday. So you're heading back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. On the I'm Friday? heading back uh, on the Friday. Th- I'm heading back Thursday morning. Ah, oh, Thursday. So oh, so today. This this morning, about the this morning, time this drops, if you're listening to this yeah. now. <laughs> That's right. This morning, I will be hitting the highway. Awesome. awesome. Your wife must be mm. so excited that you're coming home. <laughs> Could you say that with any less sarcasm <laughs> in your voice? <laughs> she said something about rekeying the locks. I don't remember what it was. And that was like six um, weeks ago, the last time you talked to her? I don't know. When we yeah, were talking yeah, to her, right. she, she was... Uh, 
what, she was, she was uh, making comments about, I wonder how much it costs for a U-Haul truck. Ah. <laughs> yeah, something about a large bonfire of yeah. paddling things that she doesn't need. Yeah, yeah, something about that, yeah, yeah. And hitting the highway herself or something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but it actually, wow. is, in all seriousness, though, it must be exciting to, uh, after all this time away from home, to be getting back to home. And, you know, and yeah. so it's, uh, it's yeah. know, six weeks is a long time to be away. It is. It is. You know, and, and I find, you know, my, uh, I'm starting to think about things like I'm, I'm switching modes now, right, from being out here and paddling and, and doing this to, okay, going back home and, you know, taking care of some property things like at my parents place and at our house and you know those those kinds of things and you know playing with my dog and watch the neighbor mow his lawn and oh your neighbors are probably pissed <laughs> with you man <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah he yeah, mows his I, lawn twice a week and you haven't mowed your lawn in six weeks <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure he's probably very upset about all those leaves <laughs> under the trees right now too that you know that unnatural condition yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have you have um, those wildlife cameras, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have one like at your neighbor? Point. I hope you got one pointed at your neighbor's house because if you ever want to see what a conniption looks like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every you know, day he is, walks out and sees your lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The thing is, which neighbor should I point it at? Is the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining yeah. us this week. Uh, again, yeah, we John. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. You'll be able to sort of switch back into your regular life mode and get on with things mm-hmm. for your next adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. And I'm going to be um, heading north and doing my winter camping this weekend. Jealous. Yep. Jealous. That'll be fun. <laughs> you got to come around at uh, New Year's, buddy. Cross the border. I would. We'll see if they get rid of that, that COVID. Te- if they get rid of the COVID test requirement. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I likely would. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a two hundred dollar test or something. But isn't it if you're yeah. double vaxxed, can't you get across just by being showing indication that you're double vaxxed? No, you still have to take the still test. Have to test. Oh, what about us? Yeah, I thought um, they were saying they're accepting people. That's all I heard was they'll be accepting people yeah. that are double vaxxed. So yeah, so they that, that's they, the difference. Yeah. yeah. And so we are, we can now cross the border. They've determined early this week that uh, so as Canadians we are double vax, but we can have two different kind. We're, we yeah. can mix our vaccinations. So just this week they have the Americans have agreed that yes, Canadians who have had like if if the if the vaccination is approved in the U.S. and you have a mix mm-hmm. of two different vaccines that are approved, then you can cross the border. That was been but, a big question over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So that's so, but we can actually right. start cross until the beginning of november at some point like the 8th or something right is, oh is it that yeah point? okay yeah but um do we need to have a, a test before we cross i don't them? know because they're talking about no. uh i think we can just show up you, i think you can <laughs> here's my papers let me in yeah well and that's you know that's this whole with the whole you know border craziness and we've you know lamented this for you know months now um it it's funny because somebody was saying you know well um, they're just going to come. Canadians will just be able to come over, and you know we have to take a test to go up there. And it's like, 
Oh God, just, you know what, everybody just shut up. Just open the damn borders. They're already <laughs> porous, you know, with, with products and, and everything going back and forth. It's like, really, come on. You know, we're talking about, you know, two countries with some of the highest levels of development in human history. Just open the damn border already. I'm going to find <laughs> you know? a face that I can run across. Just <laughs> make a dash for it. Why are you making a dash? Because <laughs> eh, no one's done it in a while. <laughs> As you lament about the uh, about the cross border stuff, there, uh, John, I, I'm I'm listening to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Barbarian, and and I can hear him saying, "And the lamentations of the kayakers." <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we will be back. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no doubt. Well, no you have a uh, safe drive home there, John. Yeah, drive safe, John. Thank you. And we'll be uh, chatting with you. Sounds good. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can listen, download, stream all our episodes there. And if you're there, you might as well hit that big old round button to go to our merch store and check out what we have. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your family, friends, and fellow paddlers. Derek, I totally forgot to make mention your fabulous shirt this evening. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm wearing my... Burt Reynolds Memorial River Run, the uh, Noir River trip from last year that was uh, somewhat unsuccessful. It looks it looks like the shirt's not been worn before. Uh, I think I've worn it once. No stains on it. Yeah. It, uh, uh, Lori Burns made it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And John, one last question yes. for you. Yes. You're you're about to head home. Any yes. injuries? <laughs> <laughs> See, you just cursed me on the way home, but but here's the thing: I, I got done with the trip, and and Tommy and I were, you know, throwing bags in the trunk of the car and everything. And I had my first aid kit, and I said, I didn't use this. Yeah, I I, I know, See, right? You hope for the you hope for the injuries, and they don't show up, buddy. <laughs> That's my theory. I, yeah, well, my theory is I probably drank enough New York beer that I wouldn't really remember it if I did have one. He's got an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my, my liver, my liver may be shot from yeah. this trip, but you know, otherwise I'm doing great, dude. <laughs> I, I got a liver injury. <laughs> oh man! Well, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley, and I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. 